0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Power
1: is everything.
0: Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
1: Welcome back, everyone. 9.05 is the time. Final hour for us today here on Sports 56 Mornings, the Wednesday, November 15th, 2023 edition. Happy Hump Day to you. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Zach Boyd. We're in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their overstock sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Going to talk Grizzlies with Michael Cole from the Commercial Appeal in just a moment, and then later, five favorite things. Your five favorite college or pro athletes born in the Memphis metropolitan area. How to be born here. Text in your lists at 901-360-8255 or hit us up with your lists on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or on the website SportsMemphis.com. Right now, mostly cloudy, 60 degrees. We're going to have intervals of clouds and sunshine today with a high of about 68 tonight, partly cloudy skies with occasional showers looking at about 40% chance of precipitation a low of around 50 degrees. If you missed it last night, the Grizzlies got beat by the Lakers out on the West Coast 134 to 107 to drop to 2-9 and to add injury to insult, Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard both went with that uh, both went uh, or, or sustained I should say injuries in that particular game, so we'll see what's happening as far as that's concerned and all things Grizzlies with DeMichael Cole
0: it's time to talk some grizzlies basketball joining greg and eli is demichael cole grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal
1: here's demichael with greg and eli it is always fun to talk grizzlies with demichael cole you can follow him on twitter at demichaelc good morning demichael unfortunately the hits just keep on coming for this team right
2: Man, they they keep coming. It's like one step forward, uh, two steps back. You know, you, you finally got the front court hole pretty much. I, I mean, as whole as it can be. You know, at this point in the season, without Steven Adams and, and Brandon Clark, so you get Xavier Tillman back, and you get so now you finally have Jaron and Santi at power forward. X, and then you signed uh, Bianbo, so you got the four preferred guys at power forward and center. And now your your guard. I mean, your guard rotation is just just depleted. I mean, no no Derrick Rose, no job scores, but um, Marcus Smart leaving in the first quarter, Luke Kennard leaving in the first half. Uh, they, I mean, the pieces are just, the pieces just aren't there right now.
1: How bad do those injuries look? Have you heard any word on those?
2: Uh, they're getting reevaluated. Uh, I I think Marcus Smart is more the one to watch. Uh, it sounds like uh Luke Kennard leaving the game was more of a precautionary thing. But still he has to be reevaluated as well, so they're gonna they're gonna figure out uh what's there. But uh from the looks of it I think Luke Kennard sounds like his. is. It's, it's less long term or whatever the case may be. Marcus Smart is probably the one that we gotta watch considering, you know, uh you got this back to back coming up and even the game against Boston Celtics potentially that uh his you know is in jeopardy for him now depending on uh, what's, what comes of this uh reevaluation.
3: So if Smart is going to be out for a while, do you see them using either a hardship exception or a disabled player exception and going out and getting somebody in that? No, I, I
2: don't because, I mean, they they got the exemption that they were able to, they were granted through Ja uh, being suspended. And they're already going to have to, when Ja gets back, they're going to have to release the player. So, the exceptions that you are talking about, they, they're granted those through, you know, Steven Adams' injury, I think the Brandon Clark injury as well. They have those uh, injury exceptions, but the difference between those and the one that they got for a uh, job is you can't just add a player without, you know, subtracting another player on the roster. So, sure, they can go get another guard, but they'd have to let go of someone, you know, on the roster and... Considering that they already have to let go of somebody, you have to wonder—you know—is it really worth it for this team? You know, now if we're we get to February, we're talking about a you know a trade where you throw in a couple players to try to get you know an improvement. That's a little different. But going out to sign a street free agent and and, and cutting bait with one of these guys is it's probably a little bit too risky for this team.
3: So the one where if you have a certain amount of injured guys out for a certain amount of time, you can't go over your roster limit to sign somebody?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it sucks, right? I mean, you um, wish—I think that's the one rule, Eli, where uh, if you follow baseball, a 60-day disabled list or injured list is what it's called now. Uh, When teams in Major League Baseball place players on the 60-day disabled list, or even you know in the NFL, when you place a player on the IR— you're able to add other players to the 53-man roster or baseball 25-man mm-hmm. roster or whatever the case may be. The NBA is the only sport uh, of the four major sports, I think, in, in America where that's the case, uh, where you hmm. have to basically, you know, you, if, if your guys are getting hurt, you just got to ride it out or you got to end up just cutting someone. So uh, we'll see how the Grizzlies uh, play it, but they're in a tough spot for sure to, to add anything.
1: So you were the one that asked the question to Taylor Jenkins, and it was a normal question. I think most people would would want to know uh, the answer to that. And he, of course, used it to go off and uh, subsequently fine twenty five thousand dollars by the NBA. I I loved it. I think most people probably did. I don't think it was just because of that game. I think it was everything that was uh, built in, uh, you know, in, into him over the uh, the season so far with everything that's gone down, and it kind of just. He had to let it out in this particular moment. What did you think about that side of Taylor Jenkins, which we don't see very often?
2: We don't see often for sure. I I think the only other time that I remember
1: seeing him, you know, that
2: agitated, at least, you know, in front of the cameras, was game four against the Minnesota Timberwolves when we were in Minnesota. And, you know, he he kind of called out the refs, you know, called out their arrogance, you know, in that game. But, uh, I mean, I had a feeling still feel, that it was going to happen, and he even said it during, you know, his his rant or whatever, that I'm not that type of coach. You know, he he rarely does that, and in fact, you guys may remember at one point, I, I wouldn't say it was kind of a, a criticism of his, but it was like more people were saying he sh- he should, you know, defend, you know, John Morant and 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 Jaren when right. they when they get get in these situations on the court, like. You know, where's Taylor Jenkins? He needs to come to bat, you know. Take some a technicals
1: for the team. Yeah, to, exactly. yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. That was like a critique earlier in his tenure. But, uh, you know, in, at this time it was kind of needed. The Grizzlies were struggling. And uh, it, there have been a couple games. I know someone pointed out to me the game they lost in Portland, a uh, couple of games, and then that Jazz game where they've had what feels like the short end of the stick. In terms of, of refereeing and things like that, I just thought it was wild, you know, the way that Jaron was refereed in that game, considering that I think he took 13 shots, only two were three pointers, so he was aggressively attacking the rim. The Jazz played a small lineup, you know, no Walker Kessler, so they were smaller. So they had to, I mean, he's 6'11, 250, and he was, all his shot attempts were pretty much around and in the paint, and still uh, zero free throw attempts. So, uh, I think some of it is warranted and at some point you just got to, right? Like you you, you Taylor Jenkins pretty much went the entire last season without having one of those type of ranks.
3: If this continues to go really bad, is there any pressure on Jenkins or do you think the front office gives them the complete pass because of the injuries and they don't blame him at all?
2: Well, there's pressure from the standpoint of you, you can't have I don't think you know, you, you don't have you can't have the same type of issues uh that you've had in the past. I, I now granted, you know, some things you can't control with the injuries and whatnot. But I look at something like, you know, we're seeing them struggle still, you know, with the uh holding opponents, you know, the defensive three point field goal percentage. I and mean, the Lakers just set an NBA record, you know, last night on thirty five attempts, making uh sixty two basically 63% of your attempts is, is an NBA record. And we've seen, you know, the Lakers just went 22-35. I think the Mavs made 22, the, the 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 Wizards. Like, these aren't even the great shooting teams that are right. uh, kind of blowing the doors off when they play uh, uh, the Grizzlies. So you, you need to see improvement in areas like that. I think it doesn't have to, you know, automatically translate to wins and losses because it's tough right now. At the end of the day, you're outmanned. Uh, you're out-talented by a lot of these teams. But I think, you know, in the simplest form, what it's going to come down to is when John Moran gets back, uh, we'll see, you know, what Marcus Smart's situation is. And, and when they have most of these guys that are available right now, they have to at least look like a play-in 500 team. If this team looks like this
1: or anywhere around
2: this when John gets back, then We'll be having a different conversation.
1: All right. In honor of Thanksgiving next week, let's let's talk some turkey. Let's talk some num- right. let's talk some numbers right here. Now, again, things happen to each team that they play. You you never know if a team's going to come in with walking wounded, with stars that are not playing. So I understand all that. So this is just kind of speculation here. But they're two and nine. They have fourteen more games to go before Jock ja can return. That means the max Jock ja can play is 57. He's not playing all those games. And they're not winning all those games. Last year, 40 got you the tenth spot in the playing in the West. I think it may have been in the East as well, but 40 is the is the number. What do they have to do the remaining 14 games before Ja comes back to get to 40 once he's back? If you know what I'm saying. What what yeah. how many more games do they have you. to win before he returns? To have a decent amount of a chance once he comes back to get the forty.
2: Five hundred basketball. That's it. Just play five hundred basketball. You play five hundred basketball the rest of the way. Uh, I think you'll be somewhere around nine and sixteen. A little bit under five because six 'cause they're two and nine right now, right? right? So that'll be Yeah. That'll be um seven and eight. Seven, seven and eight, or whatever the case may no, be. No, seven and seven. Five, seven exactly and 500. Yeah. Seven yeah. and seven. Yeah. So you're I'm saying seven and seven, seven, yeah. and seven so,
1: over the next 14 will get them to a position yep. where they can make a run to get into playing. If it's anything worse, I'm not putting words into your mouth, but it, mm-hmm. we could be looking at them being basically toast even by the time Ja comes back. Let's say yeah, they because- win two more games over the next 14. Yeah, because they're
2: not the only team figuring it out, right? What we got right. like mm-hmm. the Clippers have lost six in a row, and yeah. I just feel like yes, they look bad, but at some point the Clippers are going to turn it around, and it's probably going to be less than December nineteenth for them. So uh, you know, you got the Clippers down there struggling, and the rest of the teams down there with the Grizzlies are expected. You know, the Jazz are four and seven, the Blazers are three and seven, Spurs are three and eight. But if you go through the top 10, you got to push uh probably two of those teams, if not one out. It, the one team, you know, uh, I mean, out of all these teams, you got the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Mavs, the Rockets, Thunder, Kings, Lakers, Warriors, Pelicans, Suns. You got to push two of those teams out potentially. Maybe one if uh if you can kind of uh get past the Clippers or whatever the case may be. So, um Tough situation to be in, but I don't think it's anything that's wild. Because at the end of the day, right now, uh, the Suns are tenth. Grizzlies are only two and a half games behind them. Mm-hmm. The three games behind the Pelicans, you know, who are currently ninth. So you you, you play seven and seven basketball. I would like to think that that's going to keep you exactly in that range where you're probably two games behind whatever the ten be. seed. Because the thing about the Western Conference is all as we've seen so far, all these teams are just going to keep beating each other. Right. So. Being four or five games out isn't really as tough as it sounds at this point because you look at a team, let's say the Rockets, for example. They're 6-3 and right now, one, six in a row. I think they're playing really good basketball. But I could see them, you know, at some point running into a three-game, four-game losing streak, and next thing you know, you run into a three-game win streak playing Eastern Conference teams or whatever the case may be, you're right there. Like, the Western Conference is going to have so much more movement. I'm, I'm really not even paying attention the standings right now, uh, because it—it's just so much. It's so tough. Like these, it's so evenly kind of matched right now. It's going to be injuries that separate teams and things like that.
3: The and, and certainly, there's no doubt about that. <clears throat> Especially if Marcus Smart is ends up being out for a little while. When you consider they've got Boston, Phoenix twice, yep. Dallas twice, Minnesota, Oklahoma oh. City. Three against Houston. We'll see if Houston could keep this up. But like, what do you think the chances are of going seven and seven in these next fourteen?
2: And that that was that was my other thing, man. Uh, seven and seven is what you want, but it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't think they'll go seven and seven. Just just to, you know, this was that was my what they need yeah. to do. I, I think if you look at these games, just just spitballing real quick here. Uh, the Spurs game is is one you're probably gonna have to win because you get mm-hmm. the Celtics on the second night of a back to back. After that, you mentioned they got three games against the Rockets. Uh, Talent wise, you're not far off from the Rockets, so you, you should. Let's say if you want to win seven games, you got to win two of the three. Like just call it what it is. Yep. You got to win two or three against Houston if you want to get to seven. Yeah, and then you got you got a couple games against the Mavs. Uh, you, you need to at least win one of those. And what? That's four right there. And then you got the Jazz. You can't lose to the Jazz again. That's five. So, that doesn't include games against the Celtics, the two against the Suns that you mentioned, uh, going to Oklahoma City. And, and I mean... So Minnesota has been really good. It's, yeah. Oklahoma City is good. They they, they're, I mean, they m- give Minnesota. Give start.
3: Minnesota's yeah, in there, Minnesota,
2: too. Minnesota's been incredible. Best defense in the NBA right now, and, and they're clicking. Mike Conley just fits perfect for them. So, um... It's going to be tough getting to seven. Like I think seven is the number. You know, as, you, as with Greg going back to your question, like that's the number where if they get there, they're in prime position to strike. Yeah. But I, I, anything beyond that, they're going to be really kind of trying to dig themselves out of a
1: hole. Yeah, I think your assessment is spot on. But I'm with you, I, and I'm with Eli, I think. Uh, Eli, you didn't say it, but I think you're, you're leaning toward it, that 7-7, seven and seven, that's that's wishful thinking. And now we're talking yeah. about Smart and his injury and you know, all the injuries that they've had. This is another thing that's interesting. Boston, you mentioned on Sunday, is part of the back-to-back. They go to San Antonio, they play Boston. So here are their four remaining November home games. Boston, Phoenix, Minnesota, yep and then that Utah game you talked about. They have not won a home game this year. Yep. Do you know by chance if there's ever been a Grizzlies team that did not win a home game in the month of November?
2: I would like to think that 0-2 team might might have been the team the year um, that Huey Brown became the coach.
1: Right. Yeah, They had some bad teams, but I, I don't know for sure off the top of my head if they ever went winless in November. It, that, at home.
2: That, that's the only team that really strikes me as, as one where that may be the case, where Sidney Lowe started uh, 0-8, and then I think Hubie lost his first uh, five games, and, and the Grizzlies were, what, 0-11, I think, or something like that. Uh, I'm looking at it now. So, no, they won their first home game on November 23rd that season.
1: So they did get a win so, in November.
2: They did, they did get a home win, and they actually got two. They won November twenty third and November 27th, uh, After losing, you know, a bunch before that. So um,
1: let's hope history's not made.
2: Yeah, yeah, is yeah, that that's the only season that really came to mind for me. But uh, that Utah game is probably it's, it might it might be waiting to the end of the month because uh, <laughs> Celtics on the second night of back to back is tough. The Suns uh, we'll see tonight. but they I, I'm interested to see what that big three looks like uh, today against the Timberwolves. And I think the Timberwolves has just been one of those teams that. You know everything's clicking for them now. You know in terms of they know the hierarchy. You know Anthony Edwards is the guy, Cat is the number two,
4: uh, Rudy
2: Gobert quarterback the defense, and Mike Conley is kind of their their leader. So uh, they got something nice going over there.
3: Well, if Rudy Gobert is the quarterback, Draymond Green got called for roughing the quarterback last night. <laughs> <laughs> Horse collar. That was that was a blow to the head head or neck area. What Draymond lost? Started going professional wrestling last night.
2: Yeah, I mean, since we're, we're, we're talking football, I mean, he, he looks like he's, he's trying to play more football than than basketball these days. Uh, Dray, Draymond finally put, put himself in a tough spot. I tell you what, uh, we, we see, you know, a lot of these guys being called out, you know, as repeat offenders and things like that for what they're doing, you know, in the league. And obviously that was a, a big part of John Moran's suspension. Uh, I want to see if Draymond's going to get the same treatment in this situation, guys, because what, playoffs, he, he, did he, Step on I forgot he stepped on DeMontis Sabonis or something like that mm-hmm. in that playoff series last year. Uh we know the Jordan Poole incident, which I don't think he got suspended by the league for, which is wild to me. Like it it was a you know, a team suspension or he stepped away from the team or whatever. And now this. So I feel like there's enough there with the league to step in and be like, You need to calm down. And Draymond clearly at this point of his career, he's not some young guy.
1: That you think, oh, yeah, he just needs to be talked to and he'll be fine. <laughs> and, like, this is just who he doesn't he is. care. Yeah. He has so no remorse. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just the way that is Silver so going to look at that as egregious as opposed to the gun violations with Ja. I'm, so, I'm not, look, it's apples to oranges, but certainly right, right. the track record will tell you that Draymond Green deserves a multiple game suspension. So. We'll we'll see what happens uh, with that, and then real quickly before we let you go, I think you wrote about Ja and some uh, some emojis, some you know little posting on, on social media. He's been relatively quiet. I had no idea he travels with the team. I I didn't know that. I thought he had to stay at home. But um, what was the uh, what were the emojis about? And you know what what are you hearing about uh, ja As We're getting closer and closer to his return. Yeah, I
2: mean he's he getting to get back for sure. Uh, he's working, as you just say, he, he travels. With team, I think mean, he hasn't traveled for every game, but you know he's he's around the team a decent amount. He practices with them. Uh, from everything I've heard, he looks good in practice. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know what happens uh, when he. But still, right now, you know they're still slowly incorporating him in. So he's mainly working like with the second team, uh, doing scout stuff, things like that. He's not really getting any first team reps yet.
1: I understand. He's DeMichael Cole. He has you covered uh, with the Grizzlies. He's the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, so check him out over there. Follow him on Twitter at DeMichaelC. Catch him every Wednesday talking Grizzlies with us right here on Sports 56 Mornings. Thanks, DeMichael. All right. Take care, guys. You
3: too. Yeah, so the 14 games they have remaining, you got three Houston, two Phoenix, two Dallas, one Oklahoma City, one Utah, one Boston, one Minnesota, one San Antonio, two unknowns. Those
1: unknowns could come in. The-,
3: the two unknowns should be bad teams because right. they will be bad teams because the Grizzlies' record in their tournament uh, in tournament games they're going to be bad, so they'll play two bad teams. But
1: they've already lost but- two bad teams. Utah twice. Portland, they split.
3: Um, Do you see seven there? I mean... If they don't, they, they better win the San Antonio. If they don't win the San Antonio, I mean, we'll see with Houston. I don't know what to make of Houston and the way they're playing right now.
1: I like what the Michael said. I they're think not going to win all three. three against Houston. No, 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 no.
3: But the rest, I mean, Utah owns them. Right. Utah does It's a bad them. matchup. So Oklahoma City, Dallas, Phoenix, Boston, Minnesota. Maybe
1: they split the you, Dallas game. You would
3: say they're probably not going to win any of those. Right. Maybe they'll split Dallas. And especially if... smart. And see, and I, and he, I think he was talking more about the disabled player. I I still I think with the hardship exception, you get to go over your roster limit. And it's four guys have to be out. But they if Smart is out, they would qualify because of Adams, Clark, Rose, and Smart. But it would have to be it wouldn't be till after Smart missed his third game that they could add that player.
1: But who would they bring it? Chuck Harrison? Because he was in camp?
3: A person with Legs, pulse, arms. Like right now, what? Who's it? What's your guard? What are you doing at the guard position?
1: Hey, they got a couple of players on the roster right now. I, I question whether they have a pulse or not. So, yeah, you're right. You have to have bodies. Uh, I mean, who who would have ever thought before the season started Jacob I, Gilliard would be starting games and especially let alone playing?
3: Especially that's not even counting like and he's good. If, if is, if this is a lingering thing with Canard and he has right. to miss games in there, right? Like you're you're talking about Gilliard, Zaire. Obviously, Bane, but Zaire, Roddy, Laravia, like uh, <laughs> you, Conchar, Conchar, like. It's as well, my friend. You, I don't even know what you're doing at that point. But that, yeah, getting seven wins out of those fourteen is going to be um, extremely difficult, even if you have Marcus Smart.
1: Memphis is a city known for its food, known for its hot wings. There's a lot of terrific places out there that serve them up. But uh, if you have not tried the Crazy Coop, you have not tried the best. And what are you waiting for here? The Crazy Coop has the best hot wings in town because of the flavors, the seasonings that they use, 27 different seasonings to awaken your taste buds. Like the Buffalo Ranch, a perfect combo of ranch seasoning with a little kick to it. The mango habanero, the sweet taste of mango followed by the heat or the sweet maple bourbon. The taste will remind you of chicken and waffles. That's just three of the amazing 27 chicken wing seasonings that you can get at the Crazy Coop. They're located at 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten. That's in Bartlett or the Crazy Coop Express. 33, make that 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar. That's 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar. It's near Five Guys Burgers, not far from where we're at here at the uh, Family Leisure Studios. The Crazy Coop, you can have them cater your event. Anything that's coming up in your world, just ask them about their catering services, whether it be the whole wings, the party wings, the boneless wings, those delicious chicken tenders. These are huge, really juicy chicken tenders. You can get the full menu at the Bartlett location. That includes delicious hamburgers and catfish sandwiches and all the great sides including the fried okra, the green tomatoes, the fried dill pickles you can order online and pick up or you can have any of the services delivered to your home or office, again they will cater your event, find them on Instagram and Facebook, they're open 7 days a week 11 a.m. until 9 p.m., seven days a week. Ask about their crazy packs as well. You've tried the rest. Now try the best. The Crazy Coop, 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten, and the Crazy Coop Express at 1315 Ridgeway off
3: Poplar. I do have three seasons where the Grizzlies did not win a November home game. Oh, you do? You found that out? Okay, we'll talk about that. And a former Tiger has bought some tickets for Saturday's game to give away to folks.
1: Very nice. Plus, we got five favorite things. It's all coming up when we come back. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Join the
0: voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Witness the power. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I've been roaming
3: around, down, Acura Memphis is on Ridgeway right there at the intersection of 385. Online, AcuraMemphis.com. Great cars, great people, great experience. That's what it's about every single time. Whether you're looking for a new car or a pre-owned vehicle, maybe you just need service on a vehicle, go see the folks at Acura Memphis, and they will be sure to take good care of you and your automobile as well. Go online, you can get all the information about all the different models of Acura, plus the inventory of pre-owned vehicles, including those certified pre-owned Acuras that you'll find at Acura Memphis. All right, so the uh, 98-99 Grizzlies in Vancouver, the 2011-12 Grizzlies in Memphis, and the 2020-21 Grizzlies here in Memphis uh, none of those teams won a November home game. They didn't win a single game in November. Well, they didn't play in 2021. So what happened? No, they didn't play in November in any of those seasons. Okay. The 2020, so just, you were just 2021 joshing, man. was coming out of the COVID, and then the 98, 99, and 11, 12 seasons were strike-shortened seasons um, or lockout, whatever they were. But uh, so they did not play any November games in so, any of those years.
1: So as far as we know. They have four more shots at a home win in November. They have not yet won in November at home, and if that happens, that means they will
3: make a little history. Well, I, and I don't—I didn't look at the other.
1: Stuff. No, but I, I was know. going with what DeMichael said. I don't know if he looked at every year as well, so he'd have to double check that. But again, that could happen. The um, and I
3: mentioned this. This is from former Tiger, the kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jake Elliott.
4: What's up, Memphis fans? This is Jake Elliott, Memphis alum and current Philadelphia Eagle. We got a huge game against SMU coming up on Saturday, so I've gone ahead and purchased 2,500 tickets for you guys that you can start claiming right now because I know how much of a difference you guys make when you're in the stands. Um, so let's fill that place up, be loud, and go Tigers go!
3: Oh, that's Tiger. fantastic! So you can go to gotigersgo.com. You can claim up to four tickets, I guess, while supplies last. The video in the video he did, he is standing in front of. His jerseys he's got hanging on the wall of Riley Patterson, Antonio Gibson, Anthony Miller, and Jannard Avery.
4: Well, also, he's wearing his uh, Cotton Bowl hoodie. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that Yeah, He's got the Cotton Bowl, yeah. So.
3: But there you go, 2,500 tickets that Jake Elliott has bought. You can go to GoTigersGo.com to, uh, to claim those tickets. You can claim up to four for Saturday's game.
1: I'm betting next week, if I'm looking at the schedule correctly, they play Monday night, they play the Chiefs. And then they're home on Sunday, the 26th, against the Bills. He'll probably be there on Friday, next Friday, a week from this Friday, for the Tigers game against Temple. He was there a couple years ago when we were up in Philadelphia, and I interviewed him on the sideline during the broadcast. I guarantee he'll be up there again. He is a huge supporter of the Memphis Tigers. Good on Jake Elliott. Take advantage of those freebies for Saturday's huge game. By the way, Ryan Silverfield joins us tomorrow. Tigers football coach at 8.05. We'll have the Tiger football report as we break down everything you need to know for the Tigers and SMU. Right now, though, it's time for five favorite things.
4: I'm Bob. I like a number that's easy to count to. That's why I really appreciate the number five. You just go one, two, three, four, and there you are five. Five. now you may notice that if you multiply 5 by an even number your product will end in zero and if you multiply 5 by an odd number your product will end in five
0: five favorites. Things.
1: Five favorite things. We do it each and every Wednesday. We give you the topic on Tuesday and then we will read your list today. If you'd like to participate, you still have time. 901 360 8255. Text in. That's our Sports 56 listener lines, but you can text in your five at 901 360 8255 or send it via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or send it to our website, sportsmemphis.com. Again, the topic your five favorite college or pro athletes born in the Memphis metropolitan area let's go zach first then eli then myself and then we'll get to our listeners you ready to do this thing zach
4: i am ready as soon as i go so my ipad won't act up on me but yeah i am ready okay all right so no honorable mention uh with this list number five jarnell stokes love jarnell friend of the show austin riley okay number three joe jackson Number two, Penny Hardaway. Number one, D'Angelo Williams.
1: Okay. D'Angelo, we're stretching it a little bit to win, but I think that's fine. Oh,
4: okay. We are are counting D'Angelo? Oh, we are?
3: Well, you just said okay. it. you used him. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I, mean, I used him,
4: but I, I didn't think I thought I thought Wynn was pretty close to Memphis. It's it's
1: wouldn't be considered metropolitan, but there's it's not like it's its own market. So I'm, I'll, I'll give you D'Angelo. Cool. I didn't put him. Look, I love D'Angelo. He's he's a great friend and all that. I didn't put him on there. It was still obvious, but yeah, I'm gonna let everybody have if they want D'Angelo on their list. That's
3: fine. Okay. Eli, okay. That would have. Does that change things for you? I well, I won't change. I'm, I'm, I'll leave it as it uh, as it is. But yeah. I, if I would have, if I'd have known we were counting, we in Arkansas, I probably would have. <laughs> well, I would have used. I
4: should have. I should have asked. Like, what's the what's the, what's the circumference miles? <laughs> well, it's, C- yeah, <laughs> it's a little
1: far. Um, and I shouldn't. You know, I'm usually the, the the bad guy, right, of this panel. I'm usually the mean person, but I'm going to be a little bit lenient with it. But I, again, I. For me, when I put my five together, I kept it really, really tight to Memphis. Yeah. So, I didn't include him.
3: All right. All right. Uh, Number five, Cedric Wilson Jr., because he played for the Cowboys. There you go. Uh, Number four, Austin Riley. Number three, Elliot Perry. Got to love VP. Number two, Penny Hardaway. And number one, because he's a current Cowboy, Tony Pollard.
1: Okay, so... A lot of people will put their five together and they'll put like five favorite, but it's really the, like the five
3: best players
1: or best athletes in their mind. You know, get, I'm trying to do this where there's connections there's because there, there's so many great athletes that have come out of this area. We had Richard Mulrooney on the show earlier, a Memphian who was an unbelievable soccer player, played in the MLS, was the number three pick in his draft in the MLS. But my five starts with an honorable mention. And I got a chance to uh, be on the road with him in his final season as the University of Memphis coach. Of course, the former great player has a statue in front of uh, the Lori Walton Center. That's Larry Finch, my honorable mention. Number five, E.P., Elliot Perry. Just a great, great person. Number four, I love her, Rochelle Stevens is number four for me. Number three, Tim McCarver. And what made me put Tim McCarver on the list, not only was he a great player, I wasn't around when Tim was playing. But when we got a chance at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Golf Classic, Eli, to sit down and have Tim on our show. And then afterwards, he said that was one of his favorite interviews he ever did and thanked Harold Grader for us having him on there. I just like, you know, that hit hit me right in the heart. So Tim McCarver, the late Tim McCarver, number three. Number two, Anthony Miller, who I absolutely
3: adore. Wasn't born in Memphis.
1: Anthony Miller was not
3: born in Memphis? According to his Wikipedia page, he was born in Pasadena, California.
1: Oh gosh, I thought it said he was born in Memphis. I will correct that one. I will put another one in in his place. Number one is Penny Hardaway. So number two, I'm going to go with Cedric Henderson. Cedric Henderson, one of my favorites. I'll Have to check, make sure he was born there. Wow, well, I thought Anthony Miller was born in Memphis. I thought it.
3: I thought I said it. I thought I saw something that, that he was not. But I don't. Let me double check here. Okay. And I will look up uh Seth. No, he was he was born in Memphis. I'm sorry. Okay. Miller was born in Memphis.
1: All right. I thought I looked it up. There the was somebody
3: yesterday. I looked up that was not born that I thought was born in Memphis, and I, I was thinking it was Miller, but there was somebody I thought was born in Memphis. I looked it up and they actually weren't born here. They were like from here, but they were born elsewhere. I don't remember, I remember who the heck that was. All
1: right, so Anthony Miller's number two, Penny's number one. Sorry, said you get the bump, but I love you anyway. That's 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 Daddy that played with, of course, the great Lorenzo Wright, another great Memphian. All right, that's our lists. Now we're going to get to your lists here. I'll start it off. I got an email from James. Number five, Jerry Lawler. For some reason, I thought the King was born in Cleveland. He has this connection to Cleveland. I've been to his house, and he loves the Browns. But no, he was born in Memphis. Number four, D'Angelo Williams. Again, we're going to give you the stretch to win. Number three, Keith Lee. Number two, Larry Finch. And number one, Penny Hardaway.
3: That comes from James. Uh, John has uh, number five Clay Milliken uh, number four Sid Vicious number three Sammy Swindell from Outlaw Racing yes I, I remember Sammy is there, yeah. number two Tim McCarver number one Ricky Stenhouse Jr. yep Olive Branch the, um, the only thing really holding back Tim McCarver is the fact that he was a Cardinal Otherwise, I might consider. It for was my
1: such list. a fun interview we did with him. I, I just, I loved it.
3: He was a great interview. It was fun. He just happened to be a cardinal, um, therefore can't make my list. Uh, let's see here. What is going on
1: here? I got, I got a few. while well, you get that straightened out? This is from our buddy John Neal, courage through cancer. Again, John never puts the numbers, so I'm not sure if it's one through five, five through one. But I, I'm going to guess that number five is Andre Turner. The Little General. Number four, Tim McCarver. Number three, Elliot Perry, number two, Anthony Hardaway. Number one, Larry Finch. Uh, this is from Andrew, number five, Tim McCarver. Number four, Matt Kane, the former San Francisco Giants pitcher. Elliot Williams, number three, Penny Hardaway, number two. And number one says Charlie Bryant, who played in the NFL current Bartlett PD member. What's PD? Police oh, Department, right? right? Yeah. And then uh I got one from Bo, and again, not sure if it's five through one or one through five. Eric Harris, played in the NFL, played with the Tigers, I believe. Larry Finch, Tim McCarver, John Gunn, and John Bull Bramblett. Was Bull Boomer born in Memphis? I, I don't know. I know he spent much of his time here. I, I'm, I think he was, but I'll look it up again.
3: Uh, on Twitter, Pastafarian has Tony Pollard. Cedric Wilson Jr., Don Terry Poe, Mike Hegman, and Tim McCarver. I don't know who Mike Hegman is. I do not know who Mike Hegman is either. If I could ever get this uh, computer to work, I'll give you these other lists. Uh, Here's one. William Bedford, uh, Vincent Askew, uh, Holmes. I said that's Baskerville Holmes. Baskerville Holmes. Uh, Andre Turner and Keith Lee. Tiger basketball list right
1: there. Yeah, I can't get mine to work either here with the internet. You still got them? Can you pull them up?
3: Uh, I could not get good. Good
1: time for the internet to go in the Fritz here. Why don't we? um, Why don't we take our final break and come back and do the rest of the lists?
3: Uh to do that. I guess we're going to have to do that. Okay. If if it if it possibly works at that point, in time we, we we shall see. Tell us about one of our great sponsors, Fleet Feet. The place to go to get all your running gear. You want to go by and see the folks at Fleet Feet at either one of the two locations. As they will. Take a look at the way you run or walk, and then they will fit you with shoes that are just right for you as you're out there running or walking or just for everyday use, especially if you're on your feet a lot. You want to make sure you got proper shoes just right for you. And that's exactly what they'll do at Fleet Feet. They're in the Laurelwood Shopping Center in East Memphis. They're out in Collierville, Poplar in Houston Levy, next door to the Hueys there. The two places that you can find the folks at Fleet Feet. You can also find them online at fleetfeetmemphis.com and on social media where they'll keep you up to date with things they've got going on, things you can get involved. With, like, their group runs and other things, like the races they sponsor, all from the folks at Fleet Feet.
1: All right, fingers crossed. We'll get back to your list when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56
0: and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Okay, you know, this car looked great wrapped around you, you know. Here once again,
1: Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
0: All right,
1: I'm having trouble with the Wi-Fi, but I did so so get a text from our buddy John Varless, who joins us on Fridays, and uh, he has said, Matt Kane doesn't count, and I was Going to double-check on this, but I couldn't with the Wi-Fi down. Born in Alabama, moved here in his early teens. So you cannot get credit for Matt Cain. They had to be born here. And he said Mike Hegman played linebacker for your Cowboys yeah, in I the was, 70s. Yeah, I got
3: a text from somebody that, yeah, he was 70s. Or I, I thought the name kind of sounded familiar, but yeah, he I remember him. In the, he was in the 80s um, with the Cowboys. Um, and I I the name kind of sounded familiar, but it just did not. Click with me at all who he actually was, but I do remember him being with the Cowboys um, when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, it just didn't ring a bell. Mike Hagman spelled differently than Larry Hagman, but I remember him from I from uh, I dream of genie and from Dallas. Um did anyone uh had Zach
4: Cozart on their list?
3: We don't know. We,
1: can't, can't, know, get any of the list. we can't get any more. <laughs> the list. Oh, we can't get any more.
4: <laughs> No and uh Oh I well I can I can see Do you home. have the internet? Yeah, I'm good over here.
3: All right. Well, give us the list that are on there. Yeah, give us the list. Give me Tennessee Tom's and, list and anything above it. And, do, yeah. and
1: double check, by the way, uh, if you're listening, uh, John Varlis, Double check that Bull Bramlett was born in Memphis.
4: So Tennessee Tom, uh, his honorable mention uh, goes to Jerry Lawler. Okay. Uh, number five, Tamika Catchings. She number was born Robert in Memphis. Flair. Okay. Number three, Cedric Wilson. I guess that's senior. Number two, Elliot Perry, and then number one, uh, John Bull Bramlett.
1: Okay, so Bull had to be born in Memphis. That's he was the second one. Okay, thank you.
4: Uh, Randy from Midtown uh, went with number five, Keith Lee. Number four, Bedford. I guess William that. Bedford, right? Uh, number three, uh, Elliot Perry. Number two, Andre Turner. Number one, Austin Riley. Okay,
1: from uh, born in Memphis, played at Desoto Central High School. Uh, any more? I can't pull up any of them, unfortunately. So,
3: is that it on there?
1: Is that it as far as that's concerned? Yeah, the, the one that was Tennessee Tom and above.
3: All right. I think I got to the other ones that were below Tennessee Tom, if I remember correctly.
1: All right. So, thank you and sorry for those we weren't able to read because the Wi-Fi has gone down for some reason. Um, again, tomorrow, Ryan Silverfield joins us at 8.05. We'll have the Tiger Football Report right after Ryan. We'll break down the Tigers and the SMU Mustangs. Huge game on Saturday, 11 o'clock. And if you missed it, we ran the clip. Jake Elliott, the Philadelphia Eagles kicker, former Memphis Tigers kicker, has purchased 2,500 tickets for you to go to the game free of charge.
3: Yep. Again, uh, GoTigersGo.com. You can go there. They are allowing you, I think, to claim up to four tickets while supplies last. So uh, you can go to the website and take advantage of uh, Jake's generosity.
1: Well, I'm glad John Varlas is listening and double checking everything. He said, Tamika Catchings was born in New Jersey. People just making stuff up, is what, what Varlas says. <laughs> yes, you have to be born in the Memphis metropolitan area. So we can't accept Kane. We can't accept Catchings, assuming again. I'm, I'm just going to guess it was people that probably didn't want to do the research. <laughs> just if you think of a person, just look it up. Um, I almost would. Now, I wasn't around here in Memphis when he started, I guess, boxing, but was Kennedy McKinney, does anybody know if he was born in Memphis, went on to be an Olympic boxer and then a professional boxer? I thought about him, but again, no connection to me. And it's your five favorite, not the five best or the most successful that you believe
3: Folks, Genesis Diamonds, the holiday season is fast, fast approaching. And if you are thinking about popping the question, getting somebody an engagement ring for the holidays, or any fine jewelry, any kind of jewelry, does any price range out there, whatever it is you're thinking about, Go see the folks at Genesis Diamonds because the selection out of this world, the price is absolutely out of this world. And you're dealing with salespeople in there that are not working on commission. They're not there to try and pressure you into buying something more expensive. They're there to educate you and help you become a smarter jewelry buyer. They'll tell you what you're looking for, what you should be looking for, what affects prices, all of that stuff. And again, there's something for every price range out there at Genesis Diamonds. And they are fully stocked. Massive selection of -of one-of-a-kind designer jewelry, colored gemstone jewelry, case after case of rings and earrings and pendants and bands and bracelets. They've got the luxury pre-owned Rolex watches as well all at Genesis Diamonds, Poplar Commons Shopping Center, Poplar and Perkins Extended. Go by and see them for your holiday shopping and get started early. What the heck? Why not? Get it done early over at Genesis Diamonds.
1: If you missed it from earlier today, the news came down that Deshaun Watson is out for the season for the Cleveland Browns. According to Pro Football Talk, he reportedly wanted to be shot up and play through his shoulder and ankle injuries against the Ravens, which he did. But now the shoulder injury takes him out of the season. Um, Interesting that you look at what Cleveland has gotten out of Deshaun Watson so far, which is not much. They gave up three first-round picks, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and are spending boohoo bucks on him. His cap number increases to $63.97 million next year. And when he finally comes through, leads his team to a W, plays through pain, he gets hurt and is lost for the year. It's just, for whatever reason, not working out in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. So right now they have a rookie quarterback backing up P.J. Walker, but it does appear that they will add a third quarterback to the roster. This is a Cleveland team, again, with their defense that is in most of the games that they play and are still right there in the thick of things in that AFC North, which is a battle between four teams, basically. So they're all going at it. Again, if you missed any of our interviews, you can go back and check out our podcast, the Sports 56 Mornings podcast. We break it down hourly. That's on our website, sportsmemphis.com. Earlier today, we talked with Memphis Tigers assistant basketball coach Andy Borman and Richard Mulrooney, the University of Memphis men's soccer coach. The Memphis men will play their first-round NCAA tournament game tomorrow night at home, 7 o'clock, against uh, some team from, uh, what are they called again? They're from uh, your home state? little uh, Edwardsville action, something like that. The Cougars, baby. The Cougars, who are undefeated at 1603 SIUE and the University of Memphis. That'll do it for us today. want to thank Richard Mulrooney, Andy Borman, of course, Jerry Palm, and to Michael Cole for joining us on the program. We're back tomorrow bright and early starting at 7 a.m. Again, among our guests, Ryan Silverfield, Memphis Tigers head football coach. He'll join us at 8.05. well and friends on Sports 56 is coming up next. For Eli and Zach, I'm Greg. Enjoy your hump day, everybody.